to Z Sports Primetime on a Wednesday night. If you're new to the show, I'm your host, Buck Rising, and I'm proud, as always, to be presented to you by the fine folks at Two Rivers Ford. The Build For You program at Two Rivers Ford, all you need to do to find out how you can build your new Ford exactly the way that you want it is it visit Two Rivers Ford in Mount Juliet or online at tworiversford.com. Gary Ashton and the Ashton Real Estate Group of Remax Advantage is where you go for your dream address without the stress and the Intel edge that can only be found with the Ashton Real Estate Group. Brymac Mechanical, B-R-Y-M-A-K, brymac.com, satisfaction guaranteed on all of your HVAC needs. Brymac, get you in your comfort zone as the seasons begin to change. So, there was a list today, a list that caught my attention. I was leaving work. I was leaving the radio show. I was on my way home. I actually, I had just gotten home. I just finished a phone call with Austin Stanley. We were going over some stuff. Austin and I catch up once a week to go over everything, make sure everything is where we need it to go uh, with the A to Z Sports Nashville stuff. And certainly he's orchestrating all of that while he and Zach start A to Z media markets all over the place, right? So that Austin and I were on the phone this morning or this afternoon, right after my radio show finished up. And I looked at my phone, scrolling through Twitter. I see this tweet from FanDuel Sportsbook. All right. Now this tweet, it's a running back, running back rankings list. And it's not just running backs across the league. It's AFC starting running back power rankings. Okay. So this is this is full on list season, right? We're going to go head first into the ranking time of year, which is going to drive me probably insane. And this is why. This is why tweets like this drive me insane. The AFC, the AFC. I'm going to start from 16 to one. Okay, I'm going to start from the bottom of the power rankings to the top of the power rankings. Let me walk you through this list in the AFC. All right, number 16, Rex Burkhead, Houston Texans. Number 15. Damian Harris with the New England Patriots. Chase Edmonds, formerly of the Cardinals. He's number 14 with the Miami Dolphins. Devin Singletary, who plays for the Bills, and Clyde Edwards-Alaire are 13 and 12, respectively. Then you've got Travis Etienne, who we've not seen play, but all of a sudden is miraculously the 11th best running back in the AFC, according to FanDuel Sportsbook. Then Michael Carter with the Jets. J.K. Dobbins with the Ravens. Josh Jacobs with the Raiders, Javante Williams in Denver. You've got the Bengals running back Joe Mixon at six, Najee Harris in Pittsburgh at five, Eckler four, Nick Chubb three, Derrick Henry two, and number one, drum roll please, Jonathan Taylor and the Indianapolis Colts is the number one starting running back in the AFC according to FanDuel Sportsbook. Now, Does that mean anything? Does it mean anything? Anything at all? Anything at all to you other than does it piss you off? Basically, that's what we're here to talk about tonight. Because I don't know if you're being intentionally trolled. I feel that I'm being intentionally trolled. And I feel that the slander on Derrick Henry is getting started earlier this year. That's why I want to ask you the question, who is the best running back, not just in the AFC, but in the NFL? Answer it honestly. Answer it truthfully. If you are biased in terms of Titans, uh, you know, there's nothing I can do to stop you from voting Derrick Henry number one, even if you're just doing it because you're a Derrick Henry fan. You're allowed to do that. This is entirely your list. But I want to know, 
Now that I've put that list in front of you, I've given you the top running backs in the AFC, according to FanDuel Sportsbook. Now I want you to tell me who the best running back in the NFL is right now. It's your Two Rivers Ford take, made possible, of course, by our friends at Two Rivers Ford in Mount Juliet. Two Rivers Ford is the place that you go for quality American-made Ford vehicles and award-winning customer service and one of the state's largest selections of Ford vehicles. Two Rivers Ford is the best in the business because they value customer service first and foremost. They value getting you exactly what you desire. That's why they have the Built For You program, which is only available at Two Rivers Ford. Build your Ford, any new Ford, with any customizable accessories, any color that you like. Two Rivers Ford will get you the exact Ford that you have built and they will deliver it right to your door. That's what Two Rivers Ford does. That's why they're the best. Two Rivers Ford in Mount Juliet is where you go or online at tworiversford.com. They present the Two Rivers Ford take each and every night. So, who's the best running back in the NFL? I feel like we may have uh, we may have some biases in here, but that's okay. I think that we all may come to the same conclusion. Um, for recency bias has the cat's tongue on this one, says Danny Sutherland. I don't know what the cat's tongue has anything to do with this, but here's what I'll say. This list is AFC only, so we're not talking about Alvin Kamara. We're not talking about Zeke Elliott. We're not talking about some of the other running backs, Chris Carson in Seattle, like other running backs in the league, Leonard Fournette with the Bucks. This is just the AFC that Fandle put this list out on. And I honestly think, I honestly think that, you know, you could look at this and say for the most part, okay, yeah, that's fine. But in the way that, in the way that there was this kind of momentum for Jonathan Taylor at the end of last year, I I still don't understand how you arrive at this conclusion where Jonathan Taylor all of a sudden is the best running back in football. Because it's people are talking about him as the best running back in football. This list just happens to be of the AFC, but this is the kind of slander that I'm talking about. This is the kind of slander that cannot be tolerated. This is the kind of slander that is completely unwarranted in any way, shape, or form. Derrick Henry is the best damn running back in football. And until such time as he is unseated from that position, Derrick Henry will continue to be the best pure running back in football. I'm not talking about the most versatile. I'm not talking about the best in all three down situations, although he probably could be if allowed to stay on the field more often than he does. What do I know? I just watch the games. I don't coach him every day the way that these guys do. I'll probably defer to them in that aspect. but. Derrick Henry, even though the efficiency was down last year, pre-injury, and there's no disputing that, Derrick Henry was not the same kind of effective last season as we have seen him be in previous years. He was still hugely effective. He had a tremendous amount of volume. There's only so much that a person can do when you know that that's the only go-to weapon or the primary go-to weapon that a team is going to use against the defense. It's a lot easier to target the running back if you know the football is going to him. And the beauty of Derrick Henry, even as the efficiency went down this year, you knew it was coming, and you still couldn't stop it. That, that to me, is the mark of the best pure running back in all of football. And I, I hate that we have this conversation because it feels like I'm taking away from something that Jonathan Taylor did. And I don't want to do that. Jonathan Taylor is a spectacular football player. I think that Jonathan Taylor's great. I'm happy to be able to watch two games a year of Jonathan Taylor because I cover a team in the AFC South 
that just so happens to boast the best running back, not just in the division, not just in the conference, but in the entire damn sport. Where the hell do people get off thinking that Derrick Henry is somehow not Derrick Henry anymore? I understand that we're going to have some questions about this guy until such time as we see him be Derrick Henry as we know him to be again. He's going to be 29 this season. That's typically the age where you start to have questions. I mean, hell, at this point, it's beyond the expiration point of most typical running backs. But Derrick Henry's not a typical running back in any in any sense of the word. In fact, he's quite literally record-setting. I have not seen Jonathan Taylor do in 17 games what I saw Derrick Henry do in 16 last, uh, last, I guess, two seasons ago, 2020. I have not seen Jonathan Taylor have the kind of red zone effectiveness that Derrick Henry has had. I have not seen Jonathan Taylor, who is the size of most running backs, move with the size and the skill and the and the grace and the speed of Derrick Henry, someone who is damn near twice his size. There is no disputing, no disputing that if Derrick Henry is going to be Derrick Henry again, that he is a superior player at that position than Jonathan Taylor. And no amount of advanced metrics, no amount of efficiency ratings, no, I mean, there are some numbers that you have to factor in, of course. But sometimes, and I hate to be, you know, watch the, you know, eye test guy, but the guy is unstoppable within two yards. At some point, that has to matter for something, even if his efficiency as a running back is less than you would like it to be. And by the way, he's never been particularly efficient. His efficiency is made a lot better because he breaks these insane runs, which is something that not every other running back can do. To Jonathan Taylor's credit, he can. He has game-breaking ability. That still doesn't make him Derrick Henry. And I find that, you know, I found that today. And it, listen, it's it's doing exactly what it's intended to do. I tweeted about it. I'm talking about it. I mentioned the fact that FanDuel put it out. This is the way that these lists go. They're put out to drive engagement, to start conversation. They've effectively done both of those things. But I think, you know, there is an underlying current of, hey, does Derrick Henry still have it? Is what we saw from Derrick Henry in the playoff game the kind of Derrick Henry that you can expect to see moving forward? At what point are the Tennessee Titans going to be done with the Derrick Henry era? Like, I've started to hear those conversations start to swirl around in my mentions. I've seen them here in the chat. I've seen them. Uh, you know, I get them on on phone calls when I do the radio show, right? People are starting to doubt the guy who has been undoubtable. I don't even think that's a word. In fact, I'm pretty sure it's not a word. Derrick Henry is one of the few players in the NFL that leaves no doubt about what it is that he does and who it is that he is. And like I said, we may see that happen. It could happen this season. Derrick Henry could, at some point, cease to be the best running back in all of football. But he's not yet. And he hasn't done anything other than, you know, deal with the injury and six pieces of metal in his foot that would indicate that we may not get the same kind of Derrick Henry that we're all used to seeing. And even if we don't, I still think there's a conversation to be had about how much better he is than Jonathan Taylor, because the red zone numbers don't lie. Who is the best running back in football right now? Let me know on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Twitch. Dwayne Holiday says King Henry, well, he uses a few more expletives than I do, but De Derrick Henry is the thing. A Black 27 says still Derrick Henry. 
Uh, I, I mean, I don't even know who would be like Jonathan Taylor is probably second. Um, you look at the, uh, you look at the, you look at the numbers for Jonathan Taylor. And again, he had a great season. He was deserving of any MVP discussion that he had given that the best running back in football was not playing last year. I'm, I say all this and it sounds like I'm, I'm trying to take down Jonathan Taylor and I'm not, you can, if you want to, because you don't like the Colts, that's entirely your prerogative, but the Derrick Henry stuff, man, I find it so weird. And, you know, I, I think it's going to be fascinating to watch it play out over the course of a season, how Derrick Henry responds to what is what was still going to be an impressive year for him. Damn near a thousand yards, even while missing, what was it, nine, nine regular season games? No, eight regular season games because he went down in week nine or played through in week nine, but ended up being lost after week nine on Halloween at Indianapolis, ironically enough. The Derrick Henry stuff is going to be an interesting underlying current this season. But for now, man, we got to we got to shut up with the Derrick Henry stuff. The Derrick Henry slander cannot be allowed to start this early and this often. It's just really a tough scene. Now, MB points out the AFC list is really weak. And, you know, I mean, just kind of going through it, um, going through all of these things and looking at the uh, looking at the rankings. I mean, Taylor, Henry, Nick Chubb, Eckler. Probably throw Joe Mixon in there, and I think J.K. Dobbins, um, if he's healthy, J.K. Dobbins, if I remember correctly, went was lost for the season pretty early. Josh Jacobs has had some good seasons, but he's not overwhelming in the way that these other running backs are. And Eckler is probably pretty one-dimensional, but within their offense, he's a really nice weapon. So, you know, if you look, I mean, I, I don't have the NFC list in front of me off the top of my head. Uh, you know, the, the names that come to mind are McCaffrey, even though he's played, he's played 10 of 33 possible games since he's, uh, since he's gotten his second contract. It was just crazy. Zeke Elliott is obviously not the same kind of player that he was. And Alvin Kamara is still a dangerous player, but you know, I don't know that it's any more. I just don't know if we're doing game breaking running backs that often anymore, which again, makes Derrick Henry pretty unique. That way, uh, YouTube was tripping. It wasn't allowing me to comment, but I say Henry still because he was out and it took four games for someone to catch him after being out. I think it was longer than four games, but I would have to go back and look like the uh, now I had to go back and look at the uh, and look at the uh, just look at the look at the numbers for it to go through all of these uh, all of these different things for Derrick Henry. And like I said, I'm going to I'm going to look I'm going to look. You know, there's going to be a case made against him this year. I mean, there's a case made against him every year. There's a case made against running backs every year. I was one of the people making the case against the running backs before Derrick Henry got paid. Derrick Henry's about the only one that I feel like I was wrong on, though, because those McCaffrey deals and Zeke Elliott deals, Kamara maybe, but they're not, I mean, they're not really winning much without a quarterback, even as he is a hugely versatile weapon for that offense. Teams that pay running backs more often than not don't succeed the way that the Titans have. So, you know, in that, again, it makes him truly anomaly. MB says, Buck, you can't say he was efficient because he is always the second half of the season running back. He never got there last year. Well, no, I mean, I can't I literally can say that he was inefficient because, you know, he didn't make it to the second half of the season. So the efficiency numbers are what they are, and that's what we have to work off of. MB, I, you know, I, I understand what you're saying because Derrick Henry is a volume player, and as guys get weaker, as defenses get thinner, as the weather gets colder, Derrick Henry eats, right? But he didn't, he didn't have that opportunity this year. He got hurt. And so the efficiency numbers are what we have to judge him on at the start of the season. And again, 29 touches per game, just over what he was averaging before he got hurt. Man, it's, it's still a crazy amount of workload. I can't, I can't look. I don't know. 
how that's going to go. I don't know if that situation is going to, uh, I don't know if that situation is going to continue. I don't know what the offense is, how much the offense is going to evolve, given that they still want to mainly look at it that way. But for all in all, the list stuff, it's, it can be good conversation. It's, you know, it's fun water cooler talk at this time of year, I suppose, when you look at the running back stuff. But like, I, I just, I don't understand how quickly people forget that Derrick Henry is literally one of the most unstoppable things in the sport. Miles Garrett is one of these things. Patrick Mahomes is one of these things. Tyreek Hill is one of these things. Derrick Henry is one of these things. There are a few players like that. Derrick Henry is one of them. And all of a sudden he goes away for nine games and people have forgotten, it would seem, about all of that. But there will be time again to the fair uh, to uh, to defend rather Derrick Henry's good name. Let's talk about the uh, let's talk about the wide receiver situation because Stephon Diggs signed a big contract today. AJ Brown, of course, is without an extension at this point. We will see what how long it takes for those conversations to materialize in ways that are meaningful. Right now, they are simply conversations, but the market continues to inflate. So the question that I want to ask you, and I know they had this conversation this morning on the A to Z Sports Morning Show. Uh, how much, and I will need producer Reed to change the wording on this because my question on my rundown reads, how much is A.J. Brown worst a year? But of course, that's not the question that we're asking. The question that we're asking is how much is A.J. Brown worth a year? Reed, if you would be so kind as to change that before you put out the notification. How much is A.J. Brown worth a year? Given the wide receiver contracts that are being paid out, I want to know from you on Facebook, YouTube, on Twitter and on Twitch, while you guys tell me how much you think A.J. Brown is worth based on the wide receiver money that's going, I'll tell you about the people who will certainly make sure that you see your value when you trust them with your real estate needs. That's the Ashton Real Estate Group of REMAX Advantage. GaryAshton.com is where you go for your dream address without the stress for the Intel edge that only the Ashton team can provide to you. Gary Ashton is the official real estate agent of the Titans, of the Preds, and of A to Z Sports Prime Time. I got my home through the Ashton team. I could not be more grateful for them for all the good work that they did for me. The Ashton Real Estate Group of REMAX Advantage is where you go at GaryAshton.com. So, how much is A.J. Brown worth a year? This is going to be a conti- – I mean, basically, this in the same way that the running back list and you know the wide receiver list and the quarterback list – these things can go on and on forever because it's the offseason and there's just a need for people to fill the NFL vacuum. I understand. I have four hours of live talking to do a day. I'm as big a part of that problem as anybody. But, you know, I understand that there's also some things that are meaningful, but you just can't see developments on in real time. In fact, I think this A.J. Brown thing is going to stretch out a little longer than more people than most people would like it to. In fact, I think it's going to be probably right around the training camp gets ready to begin before we see an A.J. Brown extension. But of course, you know, things can change daily. Things can change hourly. Things can change by the minute. Uh, You know, all of a sudden you can be without a wide receiver too and Atlanta call you and you end up with Julio Jones for a second round pick. Sometimes those things work. Sometimes those things don't work out. In this case, the A.J. Brown thing is going to be a situation to monitor. But Stephon Diggs is the reason that we're talking about this today because Stephon Diggs is the latest in a line of wide receivers to get paid this offseason. So this morning at about 6.30 a.m., Adam Schefter reported that Buffalo was extending Stephon Diggs, who of course has been their top receiver option, the biggest acquisition that they've made since he came over from Minnesota that's made a huge difference for Josh Allen 
Obviously, Josh Allen has done a fair bit, a uh, fair bit of development on his own as well. But he got an extension. Stephon Diggs did two years left on his deal, so it now becomes, or he's now receiving four more years with 104 more million dollars attached to it, including an additional 70 million dollars guaranteed. So that was according to Adam Schefter this morning. So now it's a six-year deal worth 124.1 million dollars. Stephon Diggs is basically going to retire a Buffalo Bill. So now this comes, and we'll look at just guaranteed money because that, of course, is the most important figure for all of this. So you see Devontae Adams first in the market this way, $65 million guaranteed from the Las Vegas Raiders. When Tyreek Hill got traded from the Chiefs to the Dolphins, Tyreek Hill received an extension also with years remaining on his current contract and an additional $72.2 million Guaranteed. So if you do the math on the Stefan Diggs deal, just the extension, just the four years, 104 million, that's going to bring you, uh, that's going to bring you back into that price range where you're looking at Stefan Diggs o- alongside um, guys like Tyreek Hill and Devontae Adams coming in at a figure that is, I mean, really substantial at this point. And you're con- you're just waiting. You're playing a game of chicken between teams extending basically a race between teams to extend their stud wide receivers because now under the current salary Stefan Diggs is going to make 26 million dollars a year now Devontae Adams was 28 and a half Tyree Kill is basically making 30 million dollars a year under the current terms of his extension that he was given so where does AJ Brown fit into all of this well so it's a pretty interesting conversation because the question that I've asked you is how much do you pay him a year Mike McCown says 16. Mike McCown is dumb. Mike McCown, or excuse me, let me not say Mike McCown is dumb. That was a that was a visceral reaction, Mike. I don't believe that you're dumb. That number is dumb. Mike, that number is completely ignorant of everything that's happening in the wide receiver market. That number is completely detached from reality. That number, Mike, is dumb. I apologize. You are not dumb. Your number just indicates that you are displaying the behavior of someone who is dumb. So I'd asked you, Mike, just to reevaluate your position and to forgive me for calling you dumb. I apologize for that. Mark Jones says, you know, a far more accurate figure, $25 million a year, less than Stephon Diggs, less than Devontae Adams, less than Tyreek Hill, but still top of the market money. Um, suspect AJ's agent wants it done before the draft, says Puka. You know, I wouldn't think that would be the case, but I don't know any different. Puka, so I would I would ask you to expand your thinking there because perhaps you're talking about this from an element that I don't understand. It's my I don't know I don't know that that is the case. I don't know that that's not the case. What I've you know they've been very quiet. Both AJ, I mean really the most vocal part party in all of this has been the Titans. John Robinson on record saying no, we don't want to trade him. Yes, we want to keep him a Titan. AJ is currently a Titan. We want to make sure that AJ stays a Titan. John Robinson has been on record twice publicly this offseason saying that, and AJ has been super low-key about everything going down other than, you know, the odd uh, uh, thinking man emoji every time a new uh, every time a wide receiver signs a deal, which he's entitled to do because the man understands his worth. Um, 50, Henry Abrego, also with a completely asinine number. Guys, are you not watching the numbers on the wide receivers? Christian Kirk got four years, 72. Like, I don't know if you're paying attention to what the wide receiver market is doing right now. I don't know if you understand that the NFL teams this year got $25 million, 25-plus million on their salary cap this year. And I don't know if you understand that the running backs, the money that running backs aren't getting is going to wide receivers. That's why the spike has come so abruptly. All of those factors 
coming into this, also wide receiver being a hugely premium position. 15 mil a year, 16 mil a year, you guys are nuts. I don't know where you could possibly be getting a figure like that. Or at least if you're somebody who believes that, it, it, I would I would welcome your uh, your explanation on the rationale there. Because there's nothing, nothing that indicates to me that that is at all the case at this point. But, you know, just going through all the different deals so far, Stefan Diggs being the latest, now you're in a bit of a bidding war with yourself or with the market and with three other teams, well, I guess two other teams, that still have to do extensions for Debo Samuel and for DK Metcalf. Yeah, this was a long time coming for star receiver Stephon Diggs. Remember, the Buffalo Bills traded for a year back, kind of tweaked his contract a little bit, but didn't give him the huge payday that he wanted. But they told him they would take care of him when the time was right. And today, this morning, the time clearly right for the Bills and Stephon Diggs. As far as the details of this big-time extension, really the latest receiver's extension that we've seen in an offseason full of them, four years, $96 million. Based on new money, it is $24 million per year. Can earn an additional $2 million per year in incentive. $21.5 million just for signing his name. $70 million in guarantees, and you mentioned it. Locks him in with the Buffalo Bills through 2027. So obviously a good chance that he retires a member of the Bills. And then, of course, it brings up all sorts of other questions. What does it mean for all of the other receivers who are due to get paid? DK Metcalf, Debo Samuel, Cooper Cup, A.J. Brown. This has been an offseason full of receiver deals. Who is next to get paid him? So that was Ian Rappaport of the NFL Network going through the details on the Stephon Diggs deal. Now, Mike Giannetti of Track, who runs SpotTrack.com, the place where you know, everybody has access to the to the pub, the numbers that are made public. Mike does a great job of archiving them all, keeping track of historical precedent, things of that nature, and he puts out market valuations. So, just to bring up Mike's, uh, just to bring up Mike's uh, latest valuations, latest market valuations um, on these wide receivers that still have yet to get paid. Because remember, I mean, Cooper Cup is doing extension, Terry McLaurin is doing extension. DK Metcalf, Debo Samuel, and Deontay Johnson with the Pittsburgh Steelers. So, what Mike is saying, four years, 113 for Cooper Cup. Terry McLaurin, four years, 97.7. DK Metcalf, four years, 97.1. And then it's about a six, well, I mean, it's literally a $6.1 million drop-off between DK and AJ Brown, four years, 91 million, which ends up being just under $23 million a year. Which, by the way, seems pretty fair. AJ has played three seasons. AJ has played only one season where he's played all 16 games. Obviously, now we've expanded the regular season to include a 17th game. AJ played 13 games. Let me double check that. It's either 13 or 14 games this year. Um, and, you know, was absent at critical times when the team needed his presence. But also, when he came back from those injuries, i.e. the San Francisco 49ers, when Derrick Henry went down or was clearly struggling against the Colts and A.J. went crazy against the Colts to help keep that game in check, A.J. did play. So 14 games in 2020, 13 games in 2021 for A.J. Brown. This was his first season under 1,000 yards, 869. Uh, he still got almost as – I mean, he got he – was, he had one less target this year through uh, 13 games as he did – through 14 games last year, 63 catches, five touchdowns, down from 11. So you know that this guy, I mean, he's the he's the AP Offensive Rookie of the Year. He's been to the Pro Bowl. He's not he's not 
got the resume of Stephon Diggs or Tyree Kill or Devontae Adams. I mean, I would say that A.J. Brown has arguably, arguably been more effective than Terry McLaurin or D.K. Metcalf. D.K. Metcalf has had a better quarterback, and maybe you grade that on the scale for Terry, too. Like, Scary Terry has had terrible quarterbacks and still produced in this same conversation. But also, you know, they don't have anybody else, so you're going to get volume in places like that when you're the top option. You know, I think I think five years or four years, 91 makes a lot of sense. Right. I think if you can get in on this sooner rather than later, he's probably a twenty three million dollar player right now because the injuries do matter. The injuries do matter. He's not top of market. He's not the best player at his position. Hell, the best player at his position just signed for sixty five million dollars guaranteed. And then, you know, less than a month later, Tyree Kill's getting uh, what, seven million dollars more than that. And Stefan Diggs just got five million dollars more than that. And Devontae Adams is regarded as the best wide receiver in football. So if you're looking at him just under twenty three. I think you feel pretty good about that. I think you feel pretty good about that based on the bubble that's going to continue to go up. I think you feel pretty good about that if you can get ahead of the DK and Debo and Terry McLaurin contracts because it's only going to raise your price point. Market inflation is real, and it's been expedited because of the fact that teams got $25 million on the cap this year, where the gradual increase is typically somewhere between you know 10 and 15 on any given year. And you won't have to pay it until uh, until the 2023 um, until the 2023 season. Like the extension would keep this clean off your books for the foreseeable future in a way that is meaningful to you, especially as you try to extend Jeff Simmons. And you know, I don't know what they're going to do about David Long or Monty Hooker or Nate Davis, but all those guys, all that that great 2019 draft class, Bill's coming due on that right now. Uh, Anthony Hill says 20 is by far more than enough. I would disagree. I think you know he's. He's worth what the market, he's, okay, so ask yourself this. If you lowball A.J. Brown on an extension and A.J. Brown hits the open market, you don't think that somebody's going to pay A.J. Brown $22 million a year to come play receiver? Like, be real, right? You don't think that somebody's going to pay A.J. Brown $24 million to go play wide receiver if you let him hit the open market? Yes, A.J. Brown will get that money. Like, he's worth what the market says that he's worth. It's not your money. You don't have to penny pinch. I understand why you, you know, you look at the the price point, the sticker shock on that, and the idea that Carson Wentz signed a contract, a second contract, when he was coming off MVP caliber seasons that was less than the amount of money that Devontae Adams, Tyree Kill, and Stephon Diggs are all making now. Like, that's how much the money has changed in, what, four years since he signed that extension? I think that was coming into the 2019 or 2018 season, if memory serves correctly. This is where the money is going in the NFL and the television contracts, the Amazon Prime contracts. That's only going to make that money bigger. So get over the sticker shock because that's all you need to ask yourself. If you don't pay him the money that we're talking about, will somebody else? And the answer is emphatically yes. And by the way, you can afford to pay A.J. Brown the money that we're talking about. You can afford to pay A.J. Brown the money that we're talking about. You can find $22.5 million a year, structure it in a way that works for you, and spread this thing out. You can do that. The question is, does his agent think he has a chance to cash in even more? It's probably true. And by the way, that same agent represents, and I think I think he might represent all three of those young 2019 uh, wide receivers, Debo, AJ, and DK. Uh, Tory Dandy is the name of the agent at CAA. He's one of the most powerful. He may be like one of the two most powerful agents in all of football right now. If you're a powerful, if you're one of the most powerful agents in football. You're one of the most powerful people in sports. Like, that's a real thing. So 
you know, he's he's not a uh, he's not a uh, he's not somebody who you're going to get one over on, and that is basically the name of the game. Financial chicken at this point. Um, let's uh, let's see. MB says that's a different question that you're asking. There is different. There is what at least one desperate team will pay, and then there is what is what he is worth in comparison to what others are paid. And sure, I would just say to you, one desperate team changes the market. Didn't that happen this year? Jacksonville changed the market for everybody. Christian Kirk changed the money for everybody when he accepted that deal from Jacksonville. And so one team skews the market. That's not stopping anytime soon. That doesn't mean AJ's worth any less if Christian Kirk is getting that kind of money. Of course not. If Zay Jones is getting that kind of money, right? That's that's the metrics by which we have to judge this. One player can completely change the price point for all the other players. Steve Bashotti, the owner of the Ravens, was just bitching about this at the owners' meeting. The Browns screwed them, and maybe the Browns feel pretty good about that, but the Browns screwed them by giving $230 million guaranteed to Deshaun Watson in a year where the Ravens are trying to extend Lamar Jackson. That makes life really, really hard. When you give that player, Deshaun Watson, you give him a raise after missing a year of football with some you know serious allegations swirling around him, and you give him the most guaranteed money of any player ever in the history of the sport. That's that's a tough thing to do. If you're the Ravens, who are in the middle of negotiating this, all of a sudden Deshaun Watson gets that money from the Browns, Lamar's looking around like, hey, I've got a better resume. I've got a better resume than Deshaun Watson. Pay me. I'm, I've been an MVP. Deshaun, is Deshaun even made? I don't know that Deshaun Watson's ever made it out of the divisional round of the playoffs. Now, Lamar's playoff record is in question as well, but he's literally been an MVP, most valuable player of the league that has to count for something. Pay me my money. And the Ravens are looking around like, man, I mean, we we want to, but like they just, they just screwed us. And ultimately, they're going to have to pay because that's the way that this market works. That's the way that the NFL works. And at some point, I think we're going to cease with the sticker shock and just understand that that's the way that the money goes up. All right, let's move on and let's talk about who has, who added either by trade or in free agency or by extension, because there's a lot of different ways that you can look at this, who added to their football team the best wide receiver contract this offseason? There's a variety of ways that you can go. You can look at Tyreek Hill, Devontae Adams. You can talk about Stephon Diggs. You can look at uh, guys who got traded, Devontae Parker to the Patriots. You can look at all these different things that have moved around, and you can and you can assess who you think gave out or traded for Traded for also matters too. Tyreek Hill was a product of a trade. Robert Woods was a product of a trade. Who do you think signed or added the best wide receiver contract this offseason? Let me know on Facebook, YouTube, on Twitter, and on Twitch. We'll talk about it together right after I tell you about Brymac Mechanical. B-R-Y-M-A-K, Brymac.com is where you go to get in your comfort zone this coming spring and summer. Brymac.com is the place that will get you in that comfort zone, whether it's commercially, whether you've got a business and you want to make sure that your HVAC is functioning on a high level, at a high level, whether it's residentially, whether you're in your home, you're getting ready to turn on your air conditioning, you're not sure if your AC is going to be functioning as high as on, as at as at as high a level as you expect it to, is the way to properly say that. Easy for me to say. You want to make sure you get preventative maintenance from Brimac.com. And if you need work, if that preventative maintenance is too late uh, on your part because you've waited too long to screw around with it and something's gone wrong with your HVAC, Brymac's got you covered there too. B-R-Y-M-A-K, Brymac Mechanical. So, 
who added the best wide receiver contract this offseason? I think there's a variety of different ways that you can look. Because we all understand that the wide receiver market has been, I mean, quarterback movement and wide receiver has been the talk of the offseason, basically. Shocking to no one. Offense garners the most attention. Offense garners the most dollars outside of pass rush. And even the pass rushers are looking at the wide receivers like, man, I'd love to make $20 million a year. I think TJ Watt is making $28 million a year. And he's, lit. I think he's a two, is, uh, he's a two-time defensive player of the year, TJ Watt, I think at this point. So who added the best contract? Um, Puka says, Devontae Adams, because Carr is getting a wide receiver he can trust. I think he might have had that in, I think, you know, Hunter Renfro is not Devontae Adams, obviously. But uh, the tight end there, Darren Waller, is a, you know, I think he kind of fits that mold, right? But obviously it goes a long way to help him. Jeremy Smith says the Devontae Parker trade was a good one. I mean, it's not like New England has any better wide receivers than Devontae Parker. So yeah, I would say that they've done well to add a skill position player for Mac Jones, who desperately needs skill position players. Um, 10 million on the cap hit for Robert Woods this year. The cap hit also makes a difference. That's a great deal for a very high level player. Ken Kaniff on Facebook says the Bills, Diggs already balled out with two separate quarterbacks, plus he's the steadiest wide receiver out of the bunch. You know, I, I'm glad you brought up steadiest, because Devon, uh, uh, rather, Stephon Diggs is a, a stud player. All these guys are stud players. All these guys getting paid have earned those contracts without question. And you may think that I'm a homer for this, but I think that when you look at the contract of Robert Woods next to all of these contracts that are give, being given out, when you consider what they got Robert Woods for, and when you consider the fact that they did not have to give Robert Woods additional money in the way that, say, the Dolphins did. Uh, I think that the Robert Woods contract for the Titans might have been the best ad all offseason. I don't think. In fact, I know. What were the guys that you talked to, and, and what was it about this place that made you want to come here? Uh, Josh Reynolds uh, was one of them. Um, Antoine Woods, uh, one of them. Um, and really just having a relationship already with, with Todd Downing and uh, Rob Moore being with them in Buffalo. Uh, Derek Henry, obviously, Tannehill, A.J. Brown, um, obviously a, a top-performing team, uh, coach of the year. Being able to join this, this team and this organization, I think, was beneficial for my career, knowing how the league works and how you, how you want to win games. You want to be able to be a balanced team, and I think this organization, this team, being able to feed off of the ground game, um, having a quarterback who delivered the ball, having another threat on the opposite side, and uh, obviously being able to bring my game and, and compliments to this team, I think uh, was, was the best fit for, for my game. So that's Robert Woods at his introductory press conference, and I want you to think about it this way, because here's the deal for Robert Woods, all right? He's two years in. He signed a four-year, $65 million contract in 2020. So he's two years into the deal. He's got a base salary and a cap hit of $10 million this year. He didn't have any after this season. He didn't have any dead money remaining on his books. So the Titans can get rid of him at any point after the season is concluded. He is making an average annual salary of $16.25 million a year. Robert Woods for what he provides, for the age that he's in, and for the fact that ACL surgery is completely and totally routine at this point, Robert Woods, just ask yourself this. 
is Stefan Diggs $10 million better than Robert Woods? Your initial inclination might be to say yes. And I would say to you, when you are looking to win in the margins, and when you are looking to win with as much value as humanly possible, to give yourself not just current flexibility, but future flexibility, there is not a better contract that was added by a team this year in free agency or via trade than uh, than Robert Woods and the Tennessee Titans coming trading for that deal for a sixth round pick for a player who has been a stud his entire career and has precious little indication that, that is going to be the case. It is that that was my favorite deal. That might be my favorite deal of the offseason. Not and I don't I don't just mean that through a Titans prism. I mean from a smart business deal from any NFL team. That Woods deal made so much sense. A clean ACL as where. No meniscus issues, nothing that's going to be anything out of the ordinary. Robert Woods is going to be a highly functioning player by the, by at minimum or maximum rather by the second half of this coming NFL season, provided God forbid that he does not get another injury. Robert Woods, that contract, that's already aged really, really well because he's missed the inflation. Uh, he signed that deal two years ago. He's missed the inflation, the inflation that's come since then. And it has put the Titans in an incredible position to be able to succeed. And if the experiment doesn't work out this year, then it's just it's just as easy to move on. And theoretically, you will have draft picks in this coming draft that will be able to help you bridge that gap between wide receivers in the coming future. It's a really, really good contract for Robert Woods. Uh, I still have to see Woods post ACL. I don't have the confidence. That's fine. You know, I mean, uh, I'd expect him to look like Lawan did early on. I'd expect him to look like Bud Dupree did early on. I expect him to struggle early on. I think that's totally that's a totally reasonable expectation. I I'm totally prepared for you guys to bitch about that. It's well within your rights. You're allowed to do so. Um, but I am hugely confident in the ability of Robert Woods. If it was, I mean, ACLs. Uh, yeah, they end seasons, but like, I think the ACL situation is is uh, is a completely different kind of thing. Because Mike McCown brings up, uh, heard the same about Julio. Oh, he will be fine. I don't know that you heard that from me. I don't know that you heard that from them. I think Julio was very much a risk. I think everybody understood. I, I think everybody understood the risk. Hamstrings are not ACLs, right? And Julio is thirty three playing a much more physical style at the position and his body. I mean, he can, Julio can still play, right? Julio can still play when he's healthy. It's just the body has not aged in a way that allows him to play the way that Julio Jones has played his entire life. That's why it continues to break down so often. Robert Woods. I think, I think that's, I don't think that's a fair parallel to draw, but we will see. None of us know until such time as this thing takes the field. We probably, I mean, we probably won't know until halfway through the season how good a football team this actually is, right? That's that's always the case. That's always the amount of time that I use to judge these things. Usually I wait through a quarter of the season. For Robert Woods, he gets he gets eight or nine games before I'm ready to make a judgment about Robert Woods and the Tennessee Titans. And I understand that's a long leash, but you know, I just think that that's the kind of thing that we have to wait and see. Fun show tonight. Appreciate you guys hanging out. Uh, with us. Make sure you tell a friend about the primetime show and about the A to Z morning show and about all the great things that we do here on A to Z sports radio show tomorrow. Going to be a lot of fun. We're going to talk about these wide receivers with Cynthia Freeland of the NFL network and 
If you're a hockey fan, they play to, tomorrow night in Ottawa, as a matter of fact. If you're a Preds fan, uh, Preds GM David Poyle is going to be on the radio show tomorrow, too. So from 10 to 1 on 104.5 The Zone, you can hang out with us. And if not, I can talk to you. I will talk to you guys tomorrow night, one last time, one last time on the primetime show this week. See you guys.